Welcome to the FFS and NFL Draft Preview. My name is Jeremy Betts, and here to help me break down every angle of the 2024 NFL Draft is my good buddy, Andrew Wilbar. Last week, we talked about Andrew's top five players by position on the offensive side of the ball. This week, we're going to dive into the defensive side of the ball and get Andrew's top five players at each position. Andrew, it's a fun class of defenders, just like it's a fun class of guys on offense. How you doing tonight, and how you feel about this defensive group? I'm doing well. It's it's an interesting defensive group because it's kind of flying under the radar. There's not a bunch of guys at the top, as we kind of talked about last week. This is a very offensive-heavy draft at the top, but that doesn't mean there isn't depth. Defensive line class was a little bit disappointing, not near as much depth as what we had expected. But across the board, there's some intriguing linebackers. The secondary is loaded with depth again. This is not a bad defensive class. And a lot of people are just branding it because, oh, well, all the, the top 10 could be exclusively offense. That's just because it's a really good offensive draft, not necessarily because the defense is bad. It's just some of these guys that on the edge that had the chance to vie for top five, top 10 selections, they were just okay. There was nothing great about yeah. them. And then some of these other positions, linebacker has been devalued. Uh, safety is not as valued, in the, at least in the early portions of the draft. So that's the reason why some of these positions, it's just the positional value has gone down with the way the game is played now, not necessarily because the draft in and of itself is not strong on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, and it does seem like it's fairly devoid of like the elite of the elite at the top for each position group. So you don't have that, you don't have that Aiden Hutchinson D end. You know, you don't have you don't have that sauce gardener cornerback where these guys are like perennial pro bowlers waiting to happen along uh, at their different positions. So it's going to be a little bit different on defense this year because yeah, there's still some, some good groups, but the elite high end talent isn't quite there. You've got a lot more compacted groups of guys, and that's going to be the challenge for, for teams in the draft process this seat this season is to, try to sort out these guys and and to get the 1A, 1B, 1C players separated enough to where you can actually put together a big board on the defensive side of the ball. It's going to be a little tougher, but let's start in the trenches where we where we often start in football. Everything happens up front and on the defensive side, it starts on the defensive line. There's a good group of defensive linemen here. Again, not that guy at the top that's just going to be like, wow, this is a legit top five pick any year, every year, but still got guys that can contribute to their team right away, day one starters. Who are your top five interior defensive linemen, Andrew? I got to start at the top with Jerzon or Johnny Newton from Illinois. Doesn't have the biggest of frames, only 6'2", 280-ish. Maybe 290, and we'll see what he measures in at the combine. But a guy he had, I believe, seven and a half sacks this past year, eight and a half tackles for loss. He's not going to be a fit for every system, but he has the traits to pop off if he just finds the right fit. I like him as a three tech in the defensive tackle in the NFL. I think he'd be great in a four three system, has a chance to create some penetration. Not trying to compare him to Chris Jones, but he has the same mm-hmm. quickness that Chris Jones possesses and his ability to get upfield and convert power to speed. Uh, I like Darius Robinson a lot for a three, four team. So you got, you got different types of guys. And that's the one thing I do like about this class. The guys at the top, aren't the guys we expected to be at the top outside of Newton, but Darius Robinson is a guy who just completely emerged this year. They moved him out wide. So his production sack production was better. But if you go back and watch the 2022 tape, 
There's a lot of aspects that I like about his 2022 tape better. The stats won't show it, but I like his play style better as down, hand in the dirt. Actually, if you go to the Steel Curtain Network here on Fans First Sports Network, KT Smith did a wonderful video breakdown on Darius Robinson. Be sure to go and check that out. Did a great job. He was comparing the fit for the Steelers specifically, but the actual video breakdown is great for anybody, any team out there. Uh, Darius Robinson is a guy I really like the upside of. 6'5", has this long frame, has the ability to get leverage. And then t- you got other guys. You got Tavondre Sweat, the nose tackle, the guy that everyone's yeah. going to get pumped up about, the 340-pound guy, Jeremy. You know he's going to have his guys out there. I'm not as big a fan of Byron Murphy. He's getting a lot of first-round love. I have a mid-second-round mm-hmm. grade on him right now. We'll see how he tests at the combine. He just doesn't have the length that I like. A defensive line, I think that can be a hindrance against him. Sometimes he struggles to create leverage and be able to create penetration. Well, one guy I'll mention, Jeremy, and then I'll let you kind of expound on some of these guys if you have a favorite of this group or someone, but Braden Fisk from Florida State. Yeah. I, I I was high on him two years ago, and then he kind of just went under the radar. I kind of forgot about him, to be perfectly honest. But he's got a good blend of size. He's got he's strong at the point of attack. His motor never ends. He's a good finisher. Uh, he did have six sacks this past year, and he finished the year strong as well. Finished the season on a tear. So I, I really like Braden Fisk. He wasn't the guy that was expected to be the dude up front. Jared, you had Jared Verse, you have all these other guys. I would argue that Braden Fisk proved more to me this year than Jared Verse did, and just his mm-hmm. ability to be able to create penetration from the interior. I don't know that some people may say, well, he's he's just Taven Bryan. No, I think this guy has a little bit more ability than Taven Bryan did coming out. He has more upside and just that motor, man. You got to love yeah. that motor. He would look good for a lot of teams that need that penetrator up front. And a guy who's, by the way, he's pretty good against the run too. Yeah, absolutely. He's a, he's a workman along the front four there and just can kind of play multiple positions, can, can get after quarterbacks, can stop the run. I like – the fact that you've got a group here where if you're picking later in the first round, uh, back half of the first round, you're probably going to have your your choice of, of most of these guys. I mean, uh, Newton might be the guy who goes top 15, but outside of that, you've got plenty of guys to choose from, and you can find somebody that fits your style of play that, that can work with the defense that you want to play without – without reaching too far for one, without having to worry about, you know, taking one ahead of when they should be because all these teams are going to be on this guy if he falls too far. That, that None of these guys are going to be falling if you're picking uh, Newton at 20 or at 21, you know, something like that. That just makes sense to me. Mason Smith, you have further down your list uh, from LSU. I like his his athleticism, his upside. Didn't have the greatest senior season, but a guy t- to watch. Uh, there as well. Let's move on to the edge rushers, Andrew. Again, not a super top-heavy class here, but just just a solid group. Uh, give me, give us your top five uh, edge rushers for the 2024 NFL Draft. I've got Leatu Latu as my number one guy. He's an interesting story because he medically retired from football before transferring to UCLA, getting his career back on track, ends up coming back. Went on absolute terror this past season. Yes. Now he could be looking at potentially playing with a top 10, top 12 pick uh, area. This guy has so much. For a guy that of his size, he's quick off the line. He's got some twitch to him. He's not your typical guy that you look at UCLA. These UCLA, this big 275-pound 4-3 defensive end that's stiff in his stance. No, he's an anomaly for some of these edge rusher guys from the Pac-12. 
this guy can do just about anything. You still have the injury concerns some to an extent, mm-hmm. uh, but there is a ton of upside with Latu. I believe that's what separates him from some of these other guys. Dallas Turner, I have in that same bracket or in that same tier per se, uh, but he just did not produce as well as I was hoping. Uh, there were some games where he was just shut down, and that's not something you want to see from a guy who's only 245 pounds. You really want a guy who is just has incredible quickness. He's a good athlete. But is he a game-changing athlete that can overcome his lack of size with his speed around the edge? His teammate Chris Braswell is my third guy. It really depends on play style, what you prefer there. We mentioned Jared Verse a minute ago, just didn't have the season we expected. Uh, but he still had games where he was just uh, – he would get close and just wouldn't finish. And then there were other games that he would just let free. And he had a couple of those games this year. It was just – you want to see more consistency. That's why he's not going to be a top-ten pick. I have a mid to late first round grade on him right now. More of a late first. It's trending that way. He can always boost that with a good combine performance. Very athletic guy. He should test well. And then Adisa Isaac. He was a guy that caught a lot of eyes at the combine with his twitchiness and quickness off the edge. He's going to be more of a situational pass rusher coming into the league. He's not going to be a full-time starter coming in, but he has a chance to be that seven, eight sack a year guy in situational pass rush situations. He's going to be playing a lot on third downs his rookie year. May see some even on special teams. But I believe he's a solid day two pick right now who, with a good combine, has a chance to rise maybe in that 28 to 32 range, maybe sneak in the back end. Remember Adafi away, another former Penn State edge rusher who didn't have the greatest production in college, still found his way into the first round uh, and has obviously had a lot of moments with the Ravens. So a guy to keep an eye on in that back end of the first early portion of the second. Yeah, and what's interesting is a lot of people would actually have his teammate, Chop Robinson, ahead of him in their rankings but you've got you've got Isaac at at number number five here and you can't really argue with it too much because he's so explosive he's just a really good player but I think the the group overall uh Latu has some really good tape I think they're the game against USC he is just chasing Caleb Williams around the entire lot the football field is is their playground and, and they're playing tag and yes Caleb Williams looked looked good in that game and, and and was very productive and was able to escape a lot of times. But Latu was just quick pressure after quick pressure. And I just think between him and Turner, you're, you're not going to get an ultra explosive, super duper twitchy edge rusher, but you're just going to get two guys who can get on the edge and get after quarterbacks and can make plays in the run game. They're solid. They're strong. They're, they're not flashy, but they're good, solid players. A, a good list here and you can find playmakers at the position, maybe some guys with a little bit higher upside even than some of the top guys a little bit further down uh, that just have, you know, maybe that Chop Robinson type of of explosiveness and, and athletic trait that just really hasn't quite hit the ceiling that it should have in college for you to feel super comfortable about taking them at the top of the draft. Uh, let's move on to the – the back portion of the defense here, more more of the middle portion of the defense. When you're talking inside linebackers, um, you've got a group here that pretty polarizing, Andrew. There's some speed guys. There's some big, long, rangy guys. There's some downhill hitters. Uh, who you got in your top five of the inside linebacker group? Well, I recently made a change in these rankings. I've I've been swapping back and forth between Jeremiah Trotter mm-hmm. Jr. and Edgar and Cooper. And don't get me wrong, I still love Jeremiah Trotter Jr. I love guys with football pedigree with the bloodlines. And this guy's proven everything he needs to. I still love Trotter Jr. But I, I'm going to give the slightest, slightest, slightest of edge right now to Edgar and Cooper, only because I keep hearing more things about how he's going to test. 
And that was something that when I first turned on the tape, I'm like, I don't know if I see the explosiveness. Then I saw a little bit more of him. I'm like, okay, I'm getting there. And then I watched a little bit more. I'm like, okay, this guy's got what it takes at the next level. He's got the sideline to sideline range. For a guy who's only 230 or so pounds, he does a pretty good job of holding his own in the run game. He shoots gaps quickly, but doesn't overrun plays either. And that's something that's important with some of these faster guys. Sometimes they have a tendency to get a little too zealous and overrun or uh, overadapt uh, to what mm-hmm. they're seeing pre-snap. The diff- the reason I move him ahead of Trotter is height. Yeah. Height does matter inside linebacker, whether it comes to tipping a pass. Whether I mean, this. There, there's there's several teams that, you know, being a Steelers fan, one thing that I've noticed mm-hmm. a lot with the Steelers linebackers, there's been several years where you got those six six one guys. Is it easier for the for a pass to just be able to get straight barely over the middle to that tight end? It can't get deflected just because of the lack of inch or two. Getting a guy who's six three, six four in the middle of the defense that can move as fluidly as Cooper, there's a lot of value in someone who has that height. So I because of that it's literally that's the only reason their evaluations are not necessarily similar in play style, but I like both of these players very much. The only reason I'm giving the edge to Cooper right now is because he's a little bit taller, and I believe in that value. That's what I like. It's my personal preference at linebacker, but don't get me wrong. Still love Jeremiah Trotter Jr. If you want more of the run stumper, er, stuffer that could surprise some people with a little bit more athleticism than people mm-hmm. giving him credit for, it's Junior Colson. If Junior Colson runs below 4.6 in the 40, expect his stop to skyrocket. Because he is one of the quietest leaders you will ever see. He he can lead a defense. He's a team captain of Michigan, but he just goes to work. He doesn't talk. He just shuts his mouth and plays his role and does it the best of his ability. You're not going to find very many missed tackles by Colson in college ever. He rarely missed a tackle. Has a little bit of blitzing ability. Can play and covered some, but his 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 forte is defending the run. He's one of the best run defending linebackers in this draft. I think he's capable of more. He has a lot of untapped potential. Jalen Ford, a little bit more inconsistent of this bunch, uh, but he definitely had his moments at Texas. And there were moments where uh, he, he just came in clutch for them. He's got that clutch factor mm-hmm. about him, which is huge. He just got to be able to not miss that occasional open field tackle. He Sometimes he sees the play, but he doesn't react to it quite quick enough. And especially when he's in man against a running back or a tight end, sometimes that just extra half step late is what makes the difference. But still a guy with a lot of promise. Then Peyton Wilson is a guy that's been trending upward on a lot of draft boards because of that mm-hmm. size, 6'3", 238. He's got some range. He's probably going to run the four fives, I'm thinking, in the 40. Uh, he's got good instincts. He can play both zone, man, and coverage. He's good at blitzing. He's just that do-it-all guy that's going to be really good. I think if you're looking at as a weak side or strong side linebacker in a 4-3 system, he's a great fit for you. Reminds me a lot of some of these guys that uh, Keem Davis-Gaither and some of these other guys that Mm -hmm. Cincinnati has brought in over the years in their 4-3 defense and has worked really well for them. Logan Wilson, other guys that have come in and done a really good job. Peyton Wilson fits that mold. And there have been some – NC State has had some several decent – uh, guys that have come out in the past couple of years at the linebacker position. Uh, I'm intrigued to see if he's the next guy. Peyton Wilson is my dude. He's he's going to destroy the NFL combine. I mean, I I have heard rumors that he'll run in the four fours, Andrew. I think that he wow. has a shot at running in the four fours. If he's healthy, that's going to be the biggest question for him is health. But if he clears medicals, his stock is going to skyrocket. I could see him being a, a an easy day to pick, maybe even a late second round pick if his 
stock continues to rise after the combine and he clears medicals for teams. That's going to be the thing. If he doesn't, there's going to be teams that don't even have him on their draft board because of some of the injuries that he's sustained. But when you talk about him and Edger and Cooper, uh, you know, I, that's kind of why I've got Drake May as my QB one in this class is because he's the prototype quarterback. He's bigger. He's six, five to you know, and, and the other quarterbacks, they don't quite fit that prototype situation. The linebacker group is very similar. I would have Edger and Cooper as my number one as well over Trotter because of the size advantage. I just think when you're, when you're talking about rangy and, and length and the ability to disrupt Cooper might have a little bit of an edge on Jeremiah Trotter, uh, who is definitely a sparky, spunky player in, in the middle of the defense. He's going to get where he wants to go quickly, uh, Trotter. But uh, Cooper, just a different type of athlete, just looks looks menacing at the inside linebacker spot. It's a good group, though. You're not going to see any first-round picks out of this, I don't think, unless somebody really falls in love with Trotter or, or Cooper. At the I think back you can see one of them sneak into the back end. I think you can okay. see one of them potentially sneak into the back end. But I want to get your thoughts on Tommy Eichenberg from Ohio State. I know you've watched a lot of him. Yeah, Eichenberg is fun. He's He is the opposite of a junior Colson. He is the vocal leader of the defense. He is <laughs> as, as tenacious and crazy as it gets out there and just kind of in the mold of, of an Ohio state linebacker. They're not flashy. Um, I mean, my favorite Ohio state linebacker of all time is Ryan Shazier, uh, a guy that I've really enjoyed watching. And then obviously he went to my favorite team, just a great combination combination there going to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but Eichenberg might be up there too, just because he's so fun to watch and he takes ownership of that defense. He's not a flashy player. He's just not. He's not going to wow anybody athletically, but he's just a good overall player. And I think uh, somebody in the fourth round is going to find themselves a decent player in an Eichenberg and a guy who, at least in special on special teams in year one, is going to be uh, a special teams demon. But outside of that, has a chance to develop into a solid NFL linebacker, I think, down the road. Just probably not the the guy that you would pick traits-wise to be that that guy leading the pack in this linebacker group. Very <coughs> fitting that you would have him kind of in the middle of your stack here. Um, all right, let's move on to the secondary, Andrew. This is where it gets interesting because the cornerback room, there's going to be several guys going in the first round here. And then on day two, there's going to be plenty of good options that you can find for starting roles, some slot guys, some bigger, longer corners as well. As we've seen wide receivers just, just kill it at the combine and in the draft process, these corners are starting to follow closely behind. I think you're the passing games in college starting to replicate towards the NFL where you've just got guys that are NFL ready and, and ready to produce. So when you're talking about cornerbacks, there's a lot of guys to talk about. And at the top, Quinion Mitchell from Toledo, your number one guy, Andrew rising up, slowly rising some a lot faster for others, but proving that he can handle uh, his his business with some of the big boys from the SEC and the ACC here. Yeah, he had an incredible week at the Senior Bowl, and that was really the big knock on him. Like, what is he going to do against strong competition, having played just primarily in the MAC? Not having played a bunch of quality opponents, not a bunch of great receivers. He had a couple in college, but he was fantastic. And uh, Mike Tomlin was someone who actually went out of his way in practice. Roman Wilson was eating everyone up. Yeah. And Jeremy, I know you'd mentioned this story out. Tomlin goes over and is like, hey, we want you on, Wilson, we want best on best here. So yeah. that is something that 
it speaks a lot of volumes to me, not just from Mike Tomlin's perspective, but the fact that he has looked inside the NFL as, as that guy, that guy who is the top one and just stands out above the rest despite his lack of competition. I don't think the NFL sees the fact he played at Toledo is a reason why he shouldn't be drafted in the first round, let alone maybe be the first corner off the board. In my opinion, he's the best corner in this draft, and I actually mm-hmm. have a little bit of separation between him and my number two guy, which is Terry and Arnold. Got a lot of potential. But he does get a little grabby down the field sometimes. I, I yeah. he played against stronger competition, but there were much fewer flaws in Mitchell's game. He just he's got everything. I love Quinion Mitchell's game. I absolutely love Quinion Mitchell. But Terry and Arnold, another really good guy. I've got a first round grade on him. After that, you have a little bit more unsurety. Nate Wiggins mm-hmm. is a guy who at times was dominant, and then you had a couple games where it's like uh, I don't know. Yeah. Footwork needs a little bit of cleanup. The back pedal needs a little cleanup. Uh, but he, there, there's a lot of traits there. He's going to test really well. Cooper DeGene from Iowa. If you're in need of a zone corner, he's your guy. I mean, literally, if, you, if you're drafting an Iowa defender, oh, he plays zone defense. It's almost yeah. an automatic <laughs> at this point. We'll see how he tests. I think he's going to test pretty solid as well. Um, and then I made a change at number five. I originally had Kamari Laster here. I moved up Ennis Rakestraw Jr. from Missouri. Really mm-hmm. like his game. He's a good in man coverage. He's feisty. He's physical at the line, and he has good makeup speed as well. So when he gets beat at the line, he has with his length and his speed, he can make up that ground with those long strides and be able to make up that ground and still come back and break up a pass. Uh, I, a guy I really like. One guy who's really fallen off is Cooley McKinstry. He was my number one corner at one point in this draft, but there's more concerns growing about what he's going to run in the 40, what is physic, what is athletic traits, how good they really are. I think both he and Arnold have a lot to prove at the combine. I think those two Alabama guys have more to prove than any of the other corners in the combine in terms of making or breaking their draft stock. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my one question about Rakestraw, do you see him as, a, as an outside guy or do you think he moves into the slot at the NFL level? I I think there he's gonna try to play on the outside at first. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. He has the tenacity to be able to play on the outside. I do believe you have versatility there. Uh, but he has a long enough frame. I, I'm curious to see what his arm length is gonna be. That's gonna be a big for him. I'm not worried about whether he measures in at five eleven or six foot, six one, whatever. I want to see what that arm length is with mm-hmm. him. If it's below 30 inches, I think that that does bring in a little bit more of a concern. Maybe you try to get him to play a little bit more on the inside. But if he measures in at least 30 inch arms, I'm not moving him inside until I have to, because I think I've seen enough of him to believe that he can last on the outside. He Sometimes there's times where if you're going to play him and press, you got to have some safety help on that side. That's a little risky, yeah. and you're probably not going to want to play him too much press. But he's a guy who can stay man for man on an island with a team's best receiver. You just, you know, the size is... You know, I'm curious to see what he measures in at. He's going to be one of those corners that maybe he just adds the extra weight for the combine. Yeah. Oh, we thought he was 185 and he measures in at 197. Oh, wow. That that alleviates those concerns. And then he shows up <laughs> at training camp back at 185. Like, right, we'll right. see what happens. But I really like Rick Straw's game. He did have a lot of talent on that defense, as we can see through other Missouri mm-hmm. guys that we've already talked about in this show. But I, I really do like his game. He's a complete player. He's got good instincts. He just has the makings of a really good cornerback in the NFL. He does. I love this cornerback group. I really do. I think there's a lot yes. of really solid players here. And I don't know. For if, everybody. Yeah, there is. I don't know if there's there's the, the perennial all-pro in this group, but I think there's going to be a lot of guys who play a long time in the NFL come out of this 
this class of corners. And if your team needs a corner, it's a good year to need one. You're, you're going to be able to find one that helps you out um, any anytime really on day one or day two if you go with, with some of these guys we've mentioned here. Be sure uh, while we're talking about it to go and check out Andrew's article on the fans for sports dot com you can see he goes through top 10 we're just going through top five here but go through and you can see his top 10 guys and uh, there's going to be some changes obviously as we continue to go through it but you're going to see some of the same names that you're see, you're here and here uh andrew let's move on to the safeties the final position group here before we head out and you've got a group of five here that are really intriguing uh, we've talked a lot about safety you and i have um, in college and how it's changing. The the dynamic at this position is just changing. You've got more hybrid defenders here than ever. Guys that are really positionless, no real strong safeties anymore. It seems like coming out of college, you'll have a few here and there spotting this list, obviously, but go ahead and give us your top five safeties real quick. And, and just a quick hitter on each guy that makes you like them in the top five here. Well, there's been quite a bit of movement on the safety position since this article came out. So you're definitely going to want to mm-hmm. listen to this. Cameron Kitchens remains at number one for me. He is uh, he's that guy who just is all over the field. He's a menace, and he's got ball skills. He's that guy. He's that one attractive pick at the safety position this year. You got some yeah. guys that's just like, don't know if it really does it for me. He's just not a difference maker. Kitchens is that guy you can come in year one and be a difference maker. You're talking guy who could be an Antoine Winfield type player. Uh, at the NFL level, he's got the knack for making big plays. I I've made some significant changes here. Tyler Newbin has closed the gap on Kinchins so much that I'm moving him from three to two, and I believe almost as a one A one B with Kinchins. Newbin mm-hmm. is not yeah. your typical draft prospect anymore. He didn't transfer. He played five years in college, but he's still going to be an early draft pick because he continuously improved. He worked at it. I'd love to get Tyler Newman on the show. We'll see if we can make that happen. I've got one connection through uh, not my other job. I'm hoping that I can get that to work. I'd work with a guy who knows Tyler Newman. I want to see if we can use that nice. to maybe get him on the show before the draft. But he's got, he's got good range. He's got good instincts. Really like his game, and he's well-experienced. He's a day-one starter in the NFL. Uh, th- this is where it gets interesting. I've I have moved... James Williams, I haven't moved him officially in my rankings yet to linebacker, even though he's trying at linebacker. I originally had him fourth on this list. I have moved him down to five only because of the rise of Jaden Hicks, a guy that most people didn't see as like a riser, but from Washington State, Jaden Hicks is a guy, another guy, he's got range, he's got some, he has some versatility. Probably don't want to play in too much strong safety. He's best up high where he can just read the defense, sit back and read the defense, but he can cover for days. He's He can come downhill. He's a solid open field tackler. Uh, there's a couple tackles that he missed, but for the most part, I, w- I would grade him out as a B tackler, uh, which for the modern day really isn't that bad, uh, mm-hmm. all things yeah. considered. And he has the ability to get better in that area. Sometimes it's just his tackling angles. He takes poor angles. He can fix that. Uh, some of those fundamentals are off in that area. Based on coverage alone, I think he has a chance to go in the second round because of that. So he's now my third safety. He's been the biggest riser for me from seven to three. I'm keeping, I'm moving Williams down from four to five because I've got to put Javon Bullard in there somewhere. He was originally yeah. my number two. So yeah. I moved Bullard down to four. Just he got the size concerns. Where does he fit in the NFL? Mm-hmm. Is he durable enough to be able to maintain it? Is the, Are you going to just play him in the slot? He's just kind of that 
piece. I, I, I can't figure out where he fits in the NFL. And that's my big concern with him. I think he's going to test pretty well, and that's why I still have him in the top five. Uh, but the combine and his pro day, even more so, is going to be really telling for Javon Bullard and how high he can go in the draft. He has a big range from second round yeah. all the way to day three. Yeah, this it's really interesting, this group. And I, I just look at safeties right now as you just got to buy in on the football player and then figure it out after that because each of these guys are, are not going to fit in every team's defense the same way. I mean, you look at what the Detroit Lions did this 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 last season with their first round pick Brian Branch I mean or second round pick Brian Branch he's he's a guy that kind of falls in this very group of guys as the the versatile but kind of tweener safety that we don't really know what to do with but he's just a good football player so you're banking on that if you go with one of these guys and it's not a bad it's not a bad bet so uh, a good group of safeties again nobody's gonna gonna really kill you in and and make you have to draft them in the first round you'll probably see maybe one of these guys go in the first round Kin kinchins has a chance at the back end of the first round we'll see how it all plays out andrew that's the defense that's our top five here on the ffsn nfl draft preview show any final thoughts here on the defense before we head out not really it's going to be an interesting class there's going to be a lot of changes from the combine because a lot of these a lot of these grades are so close, especially at edge, yeah. safety, at corner. You're going to see that gap increase once we see the athletic traits from these guys on display and put to numbers. You can't read too much into it. Tape always has to oversee the numbers, but yeah. still numbers do matter, especially for some of these guys that have speed concerns, that have some of these concerns that you see on tape. Does the combine confirm that, or do we have to go back and watch the tape? Keep an eye out. Scouting combine's coming. Be paying close yep. attention, especially these position groups like edge, like corner, like safety. Absolutely. The FFSN NFL Draft Preview Show will be back next week. We'll have a lot to talk about with the Combine coming up. We'll have a topic for you, raring to go, and we will get you all the NFL Draft content that you can stand here on the FFSN NFL Draft Preview. Until next time, for Andrew Wilbar, I'm Jeremy Betts. Talk to you.